0: We are having a discussion today with Warren Riddell, the Ward A councillor for Hornsby Shire Council. Hello Warren, how are you going?
1: Hi Martin, thanks for having me on.
0: Um, It's been quite a busy couple of years on the council this time round, and we've got another election at the end of next year. But let's just take a step back and tell us a little bit about yourself and Ward A.
1: Well, certainly your opening comment, Martin, is an understatement. It's been an extraordinarily uh, uh, busy term to date. Um, in respect to myself personally, I was born in Hornsby Hospital. I was schooled in Galston Primary, Galston High, and my tertiary education was at Macquarie University. I'm a fifth generation of my uh, my family, who resides in, in Galston primarily. And uh, the, the ward in which I was elected to represent mostly uh, is defined by that, uh, uh, that rural upbringing, that rural area. So for those that aren't aware, it's, uh, it's the corridor, rail corridor to Brooklyn, the river settlements through to Wiseman's Ferry, all the way back into Glenhaven and then through back to Hornsby Heights. So... Um, it's uh, what I would consider to be my uh, you know, my backyard. It's where my my historical interests have lied, and um, it's very very much been a privilege to be elected to represent that particular ward in Hornsby Shire Council.
0: So tell me, Warren, because you actually mentioned when we were discussing before we started recording that you've come late to representing the community. So you've obviously had a, a professional life prior to that. What was that professional life and what does that bring to the council for you, for us?
1: Uh, correct, Martin. The, um, the obvious path that uh, I thought I would be taking was horticulture. I was interested in continuing the, uh, the agricultural connection that my family has to the area. Uh, the uh, rural property my family uh, possesses in Galston dates back to a farming interest beginning in 1889. And um, it was uh, it was uh, yeah very much uh, influential in my my youth and my upbringing and, and working as a teenager and so on. However, um, farming um, of any sort wasn't particularly encouraged, and we we as in myself and my my siblings were encouraged to sort of move on and to seek bigger and better uh, prospects. Um, so, uh, which we did. Um, so I um, uh, I adopted. I guess, in, in general terms, uh, sales is my um, my training background. I worked for uh, what some of your listeners will remember was Waltons in um, Westfield, Hornsby. And uh, I was very, um, uh, very, very honored to be uh, accepted into their, their JET scheme, Junior Executive Training Scheme, which was uh, out of the Park Street head office and it allowed you to move throughout the departments so you in those days it was a a genuine department store that uh, included um, uh, hard lines and furniture and floor coverings and and apparel and um, yeah you could buy just about anything um, in there waltons as most people know is one of those family branded uh, chains of department stores um, which uh, which morphed into norman ross over time Um, and uh, look, it, it was like a training ground for me. I treated it like an apprenticeship, which uh, I, I took forward. So I ended up in sales of various different things, but uh, but mostly for myself. I eventually had a I had a business of uh, businesses of my own. One of which was in in uh, the uh, industrial area of Hornsby in, in Leighton Place, which was a floor covering um, supply business. Um, I uh, uh, I didn't. Um, I, I was still never quite uh, comfortable with um, being being moved along in respect to the family business. So I, I did ultimately um, uh, complete my tertiary education at Macquarie in political science. Um, and then I've also managed in recent times, the last six or seven years, to return to the family business and undertake those horticultural interests after all. Um, in between all of that was a great deal of uh, uh, study and travel, um, I, would, I wanted to. Uh, I had some very interesting, influential words when I was at Goldson High School from uh, from uh, a, a substitute teacher of all things that said, "Look, you don't have to do all these things right away. You can go and uh, uh, get some experience behind you, and then sort of uh, take your decisions forward from there." So I thought, "Well, I'll give that a, a, a crack." So I um I resided in uh, in the UK, in Canada. I've travelled uh, through uh, a number of countries within Southeast Asia um, and, uh, and and touched on the Mediterranean and uh, uh, ultimately uh, decided on return from um, those travels that uh, uh, that I was a lot clearer on what I wanted to pursue and where I'd direct my resources.
0: I must admit, I had you pigeonholed from the rural sector. It'd be fair to say you've got a lot of business background a lot of international background that you would bring to the council and so as you said You've came into the politics later But you actually had an interest way back in your 20s. I assume when you studied at the university
1: Correct. I think it was my late uh, late 20s at Macquarie five years were spent there Um, it was a love education I, I, mean, look. It was. I was under a lot of pressure. I didn't want my my family, um, you know, paying my way, so to speak. They weren't particularly well off, um, so I had to uh, uh, invent or craft a business that would allow me to be flexible enough to attend lectures and tutorials, but also uh, successful enough to raise money to to live on. And I had a I had a partner in those at that time as well. So I had to, you know, be conscious of our um, uh, their outgoings and so on so i uh, uh, I, I did did exactly that I, um, I I worked in a sort of a, a mobile sales concept where I could literally work my uh, my my sales estimates and my my quantity um, estimates into uh, tutorials and lectures day and night many a night was spent uh, darting across town to get uh, uh assignments into the box before the clearance the next morning <laughs> but i loved it um and I, I look back now and wonder how i ever had time to do it but uh i did and uh so because by then i'd had some some as you say some international experience as well i'd seen um examples of what what works and doesn't work um uh, abroad and i'd I've always had this this feeling that you don't need to reinvent the wheel. If someone else is already doing something well, you know, why, why push back on that? Why not adopt it? And, uh, and utilize that knowledge and that experience. Um, it also flavored my interest in, um, um, uh, the, the volunteer elements to, to what I, uh, wanted to do. I've, you'll see that uh, from my, my other uh, interests that it's, uh, particularly, Focused on on shelter or habitat or or a home um, for a range of different reasons, but uh, um, That also was derived from early experiences uh, abroad um, uh, In particular uh, The uh, post-communist uh, Era where I spent some time in Romania in around 91 um, That was particularly influential in in a, in a number of ways into how I viewed things moving forward
0: well, you've given me a lot of information to process, and I hope the people listening um, get a, a much greater insight into your background, both professional, professional and locally. If we can, could we move it a bit further into the Hornsby Shire Council side of things?
1: Of
0: course. Great. Thank you. When we last spoke to you, we spoke about the Telco Tower at Brooklyn, and we had a good discussion about that, and it was well received mm-hmm, by the community. You. um we have a council meeting coming up soon but the agenda's not out i'm not asking for any advance notice but what i'm interested in what are some of the agenda items that stand out for you in ward a relatively recently or perhaps that might be coming up if you could tell us about them and that you'd like to share
1: absolutely and look i won't uh, it won't be specific to just uh the last past meeting or the next uh, future meeting, um, to be uh, uh, to be fair, um, what we have before us, especially in lieu of the delays uh, brought about by the COVID-19 um, scenario that we're experiencing, is this Council undertook probably the largest body of work uh, that it has ever done um, as, a, as a consequence of the accelerated LEP review. Now, we, one by one, we've had those um, uh, those uh, consultative bodies of work uh, brought back to us. They have to be uh, uh, introduced to us at a, at a briefing. Um, uh, there's a public exhibition period, typically, and then there's an endorsement by council in the formal meeting. Um, you don't want to see, you know, the uh, the expense that uh, and time and resources that go into those reports being wasted. They they deserve, you know, proper consideration. Um, Our our staff have worked uh, tirelessly on a lot of of these issues and uh, alongside of the consultants that have been engaged. um, We we were fortunate enough to have uh, uh, seen a few come through prior to COVID, um, but we still have before us uh, um, uh, play plan, uh, rural lands review, economic development and sustainability. Uh, sorry, economic development, and tourism. In fact, um, is still before us. Employment lands is another one. Um, our overall shire-wide parking strategy. Um, you know, so what the agenda would be uh, in broad strokes is that uh, we, as as quickly and as efficiently as possible, um, review what's pre- presented to us, feedback to the uh, to the to the staff to see if uh, uh, we're on the on the mark um, or whether it needs any sort of uh, tweaking or fine tuning or 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 whether we're fundamentally unhappy with the results, whatever it may be, but we have to be reasonably prompt and efficient in um, returning our comments. Uh, So then the public have, uh, naturally must have their opportunity as well. And then we get those those, um, outcomes endorsed. And what that does is allows the staff then to properly plan and consider um, the actions that uh, will arise from that Um, uh, from those recommendations
0: what's interesting about that is it comes from the the way you set up your work life is you have to have some free time to be able to do all this
1: (laughs) that's correct
0: following on from that week two of the month is the council meeting what's give us a bit of a window into how hectic or relaxed period might be for you personally and as a councillor
1: well in a perfect world you know we get advised uh, in general terms what's on the agenda you know 10 days ahead um, it gets uh, you know, tweaked and revised a little bit as you approach today you would assume that you would have time to comfortably um, look at and discuss um, uh, you know the issues that uh, are on the agenda with your fellow councillors and so on um, to perhaps just a, a avoid unnecessary, unnecessary loss of time on the evening. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't always work like that. Um, you definitely expect that the, the Wednesday day of that evening meeting will be spent mostly on the phone um, as people uh, uh, you know, realise there might have been something that they um, would like to contribute or discuss. Uh, so it's um you know it's typically a little bit hectic i mean there's been um, occasions um that I can recall back in the more so in the first year where uh, we were making um changes only uh or, or or processing the possibility of changes only minutes before the meeting started um and unfortunately that's just uh, uh, council life. That's, that's how it works. You've got uh, you know, recommend, recommendations before you, but you may have been um, you know, contacted by uh, members of the community, um, expressing concerns or highlighting something that might've been overlooked. I mean, it's not uncommon, but, uh, but you know, we, we, we work through it.
0: Yeah, very much so. I've, I've seen that in practice. One of the questions I've asked all the other councillors that I've spoken to is about the concept of representation. Uh, there's a mm. book by a lady called um, Andrea Cullen called The Independent Effect. And I okay. know you're not an independent, but it is yeah. interesting that the um, the council does run sort of like a group of people that are, you know, vote on issues as they concern them too personally. And she talks about three types of things for the benefit of the listeners. You've heard this before, I think. One is you're sort of voted in to represent the people. Another is that you and then you consult with them. Another is you voted in as trustee, where they basically vote you in and trust that you're going to be, have, um, you're singing out of the same book, so to speak. And the third one is a hybrid approach. How does that sit with you in terms of your work in Hornsby Shire Council?
1: Good question. And I think perhaps the hybrid approach is the most accurate. This particular council Despite what people may or may not think, in terms of the the obvious um, um, political persuasion that each and every one of us represent, acts very independently. Um, there's uh, you, we are we are bound probably more so by our, our our genuine values or ideological beliefs. So if something comes before us and it's, for example, it's typically. Um, you know, pro-business or about reducing unnecessary governance or red tape, I'm likely to to be for that as a Liberal um, and I would expect that possibly my Liberal peers would agree. Now, it won't be because we've discussed it beforehand, it'll just be the natural position in which we take. Um, And uh, I I think that's been... um, uh, Look, it can be sometimes a little bit frustrating for the the Council... um, uh, Say officers, for example, you know, it's it's not going to be that easy um, to to get a clear direction uh, from a council that is is made up literally of uh, you know, um, albeit uh, uh, um, obvious political persuasion, but effectively a, a bunch of independent minds. Um, so we do it uh, we do it uh, old school, you know we we uh, um, we look at the issue uh, on its merits, and uh, I mean. People observing council meetings, like I know, I know you do, Martin, you'll see that uh, uh, there's, there's uh, occasionally votes that would look or appear to be along political lines, but more often than not, um, it uh, it appears that people are just uh, um, you know voting in a in a in a more ad hoc um, fashion um, because they they are certainly um, we we are absolutely uh, free to judge the item before us on its merits and see how that sits with us more so, as as I say, from an ideological perspective.
0: Thanks for that. I'm thinking aloud here. You can see me thinking. (laughs) How do you make the call when you're listening to different people who come to you? What's the majority opinion and what's perhaps for a bit of a poor example, just a squeaky wheel?
1: that 's an excellent question the uh, you would anticipate that uh, like in a lot of elements of life that uh, the squeaky wheel will certainly get the oil and the trick is to make sure that uh, the the broadest number of community members are that squeaky wheel so the the way in which I um, believe that it 's best in terms of uh, let 's say efficiency is that I I often recommend to uh, members of the community that make contact with me that in terms of being um, in a position to, to um, secure information coming out of council and likewise delivering information up to council and where councillors can act as uh, the, the true and genuine conduit for that information that we are meant to be, is, is part of uh, community associations. So. Um, whereas you might have, you know, someone that makes a great deal of, uh, of, of noise, let's say, uh, you know, be it uh, um, uh, legitimate or otherwise, um, uh, that wouldn't be sufficient. Um, but if it's, a, if it's a lot of noise being made by, um, it could be representative by way of an executive of an organisation, but if, it's, uh, if we recognise it as being part of the broader community where membership is, uh, you know, is open and transparent. Um, no one is gagged. Everybody uh, has, has a say that we, that all comments, regardless of whether they agree or disagree with the executive, um, are, uh, delivered to us. Um, we, we would see that as being, um, you know, somewhat of the, the squeaky wheel getting the attention, but it'd be a representative squeaky wheel that, uh, had uh, broader support. Um, that's that's personally how I differentiate. Um, I have a very you know fragmented community that I represent because I have village communities. They're not they're not urban centres. So um, it's Goulston, Venori, Middle Jural, Arcadia, Fiddletown, uh, Wiseman's Ferry, for example. Jural. Um, so um, you, you uh, and you can't be everywhere, as you know. We 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 are effectively you know part time in our role and we need to um, manage the time effectively with our, our employment. But it is possible to, to get a, a pretty solid um, uh, you know, line of communication in place where, as I say, you can both deliver information down to, uh, uh, through to the community you know, from council and likewise deliver the community's will up to council um, where people have, have made the effort to participate in, um, you know whether it's a progress association or rate association or sur uh, or optimists or um, uh, charities uh, it, it doesn't really matter um, as long as uh, we recognize the process in which they function is uh, as I say a, a particularly democratic and and open and transparent process um, we uh, uh, you know we would feel that um, uh, the commentary that we're getting from from those uh, those groups or bodies, Chambers of Commerce are another one, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of them. Mm. Um, and that's why I make the effort where, where community organisations are concerned. I mean, you know, we, we obviously have to attend council meetings, but we don't have to attend, you know, uh, uh, ratepayer based meetings, but I always do because I think that um, it's the perfect opportunity to hear from, you know, uh, a lot of people in one location at one time
0: so it's interesting so asking for a friend of course um if i was interested in getting an issue through to the council it probably makes more sense to leverage not leverage or get involved with a local community group because then you've got the voice of a group of people together representing things
1: well what it does man it tests your view so you might have a particular view that you. I don't know. You think that uh, a, a tree should be uh, removed or protected, um, and you think that uh, you've thought of everything, and and there's no reason why your, you know, uh, quest to have it uh, removed or protected, you know, is the only thing that matters. However, if you if you float that um, amongst a sixty or seventy, you know, group organisation um, that uh, that are all manner of uh, all walks of life, you know, people with all like. Uh, you know, different uh, political persuasions or no political persuasion at all or from the, the, from the village or from the acreage or whatever. Um, and all of a sudden, you've, you've, uh, you've either garnished um, uh, support for your view um, to the point where it could even be, you know, moved or advanced as a motion, you know, depending on the constitutional structure of that group, um, or you'll realise that you are alone. And your point really, it's a, it's, a, it's a valid point, but it has absolutely no support. So um, it puts it to the test before you, uh, um, like I'm always very sceptical about you know, people that, you, you know, that we hear from uh, frequently that are just an individual. You know it's like I worry that they haven't tested their their view it's just a very personal view it's uh, unique to them and they're even afraid perhaps to have it tested by broader community input for fear of it uh, you know tempering or opposing the position you've taken Um, I think if you if you believe if you truly believe in in the, the the point in which you're trying to make or the change or, or improvement or whatever it is that you may be looking to, um, to have council attend to you shouldn't be afraid to run it past um, a, a broader number of people that are that are equally members of the community and should have uh, have a view as well you know, it's, it's, you know, we, it's what we have to do I mean we have to make sure that our decisions I mean I might have a personal view you know of what i think should happen but i have to set that aside because you know the view i'm expected to put forward is a view that has been delivered to me by you know the majority of my constituents
0: all right thank you so much for that for that sort of section of what we've been talking about what i'd like to do now is have a bit of a chat about two issues that are i think are important from what i've heard in ward a the rural area one's about Mm -hmm development or lack of development or too much development and the other is transport access, road access and infrastructure. But I'll come back to those if that gives you a chance to think about them. But also I'd also like to talk about the successes that the Council's had, maybe you individually or collectively and some of the lessons that you've learned from this era of the Council. So I'll throw that open to you. Rural stuff, transport, successes, Mm -hmm. lessons.
1: Look, as a council as a whole, we we inherited, I guess you could, uh, for want of a better term, a scenario where the first twelve months of the term was dealing with um, post amalgamation blues. You know, we had a situation where our budget had been impacted on enormously by the, the loss of territory to Parramatta. The amalgamation with Carringa didn't uh, didn't eventuate. We uh, we we were in a State of limbo in respect to the appointment of a GM. Um, we, you know, we had to resolve these issues first and foremost. So collectively as a council, we we moved forward, um, you know, as a, as, a, as a, you know, a relatively like-minded um, a group of individuals to see those situations resolved first and foremost. To put a captain at the helm, we appointed the GM. Um, we uh, uh, we looked to how we could. Um, uh, lobby the state um, for what we thought to be um, uh, just some issues relating to our, our, our the impact on our budget and so on, which was a, which is an ongoing you know work in progress. Um, but with that behind us, uh, and, and knowing that we had to you know continue to be um, you know, financially responsible and uh, and still deliver um, uh, the services that were expected of us. Um, from for me personally, it was uh, like how do you how do you lobby for a ward that is relatively low on on population um, in pop, or population centres, um, and therefore it's often perceived that we don't deliver um, you, know, uh, you know rate um, uh, rate money um, to the extent. That uh, it covers, you know, the uh, the wish list of things we'd like done. Uh, you know, a lot more roads, a lot more road maintenance, drains, footpaths, etc. I mean, there's a lot of things we just accept. We're just not going to get footpaths, you know, uh, along every road. Um, but having said that, um, a lot of things we weren't getting because, you know, they need to be highlighted um, and prioritised. So. Um, through, uh, uh, as you may obviously aware, this was my first term on council, but I uh, I have the luxury of working with a number of returning councillors, uh, one of which is, is Nathan Tilbury, who is quite, uh, is footpath obsessed. So uh, <laughs> we, uh, uh, it made me, you know, realise and pay more attention to the shortcomings in that respect uh, around my part of the ward, you know. So we, you know, I work towards getting, you know, those, um, uh those uh, missing links onto the delivery um, program um the uh, uh likewise the road maintenance the vegetation clearing um i i actually have a greater appreciation for that core council business than i ever had before um you know it used to be uh, that um you know the only you know sort of interesting um, part of, of council may be in uh, delivering the, the big ticket items, you know, a, uh, a recreation center, a sports ground, uh, a community center like Story Park or so on. But I get, uh, you know, great satisfaction out of just seeing the reinstatement of, uh, of, uh, regular scheduled, uh, verge slashing throughout the, the ward. <laughs> um, or that, uh, when we have a downpour, like we're having, you know, from time to time that, uh, drains don't immediately block up because we've, uh, moved away from um, from a previous uh, maintenance practice you know
0: um, so, so what you're saying there sorry to interrupt warren what you're saying oh, well. there is um that the issues that come across your desk are different to see the issues that i might hear about in pennant hills or something like that
1: oh absolutely i think that's one of the fundamental challenges of this this uh, shire council um you know we have um, and urban, and we have a rural component to the to the shire. And um, you you may or may not know that um, one of my um, my my quests, I guess, is to is to and certainly is part of the rural lands review that's being um, delivered in due course. Was to um, revise some of the anomalies that occur where. Instruments that were designed for urban areas, you know, were universally adopted across rural areas without any distinction. Um, it's uh, uh, it's it's a it's a real problem um, because it's different issues. You're dealing, I mean, what you can do on a, a residential lot in respect to, uh, um, you know, even to the planting of trees and so on, you know, is considerably different to what you can do on a in a in a rural context. So. You know sort of lobbying or being an advocate for uh for for the uniqueness of of rural lands um throughout our peri-urban communities and the the reason why our our planning instruments need to be tailored um to those areas um is very important to me
0: that makes sense to me then that the rural land study is the mechanism by which development or no development occurs and that's the framework in which decisions can be made
1: it's much much bigger than that um, in fact development almost doesn't even enter into it the the peri-urban areas around sydney and there's i guess uh, they would um, interact across up to 12 shires so the the sydney peri-urban network for example is an organization that has 12 council representatives. Representatives on board, because the issues are the same. You've got a, 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 a an area that's in transition. Um, most of it was recognised uh, at some point as either being, you know, for primary production or at least, at the very least, hobby farm activity. Um, in in the, in contemporary times, um, we uh, we can no longer rely on on those um, those industries of the past. we do have the challenge of trying to preserve a rural amenity whilst at the same time delivering an economically sustainable outcome for the community and for the residents that um, that uh, wish to stay on Um, so uh, the rural lands review is everything from uh, a revision of uh, of land use what what you what activities you can actually undertake on the land um, which have changed um, uh or, or need to change um considerably um, the um uh the the assessment is done in the context of like values these days so it's like you know what uh, what are the uh, uh, cultural similarities uh, heritage similarities demographic similarities land use similarities in the uh, in the landscape areas that are depicted in the review um so um it's it's then it's about uh um, and look, we have to work in the, the context of the district plan these days, which is uh, um, an interesting one as far as it, it's in our case, the, um, the, the, uh, the district plan is quite uh, um, specific that we are not part of any um, urban activation area. So we're not looking at new suburbs with, you know, uh, uh, um, with widespread rezoning for, um, for residential development. Um, and the associated infrastructure. What it's asking of us is to have a grassroots, ground-up look at um, what we do need in respect to, um, you know, housing choice, um, land use, um, and and uh, various other components that will in- ensure local sustainability. So it's it's very very um, locally specific. You know, it's it's asking us for what. We want as a community, and for the Shire Council to deliver that information up to the state to fit within the plan. So um, it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, like, it'd be things like, um, you know, identifying um, uh, tourism precincts, um, uh, identifying, um, areas for preservation, um, identifying areas for preservation, identifying areas for. Uh, you know, we have, a, we have an obligation to generate uh, housing mix and housing choice. Um, it's uh, part of the reason why it gets avoided <laughs> is that it's so complex um, that some of the, uh, the research that's required boils down to almost, you know, site-specific engagement with, with landowners and, and, and producers and so on. So the beauty of, um, of this accelerated LEP process is it was properly funded so instead of just uh you know um what's occurred in the past where there have been relatively you know underfunded underfunded studies surveys reviews that uh, that might have, have succeeded in getting some partial change um you know mm. this one should should result in a what i call a toolbox of uh, of reform that will strike the balance between um uh, rural lifestyle and rural residential, and uh, um, and rural enterprise, which is alive and well, but in a in a in a far more contemporary context than what we used to used to deem to be uh, primary production.
0: Thank you so much for that. You've actually answered a couple of questions I was going to ask about what perhaps is on the future horizon in the next twelve months, and you sort of said that by identifying different things. There's that side of it. But it's also just shown me the thought, thought in my thinking that we have to sometimes get out of our own little bubble of the Shire and realise that we're connected, you know, with roads going through that are funded by the state government and maybe seed funded for research by the federal government and things like that. But that's probably another topic for the for another time. <laughs> what I'd like to do now, if it's okay with you, is just give you an opportunity just to flag Maybe priorities over the next 12 months, leading up into the next election, which has been delayed by 12 months. I'm not asking whether you're mm-hmm. running or not running or anything like that, but what do you think is important for the council to focus on?
1: The the benefit of the extension to our term, um, which is really not an extension in terms of uh, <laughs> being more the original, you know, four years. If anything, it was uh, a reduction to to harmonise the the um, the irregularities uh, in the previous term, but um, the beauty of it is that it's it's probably given us the breathing space or a bit of room to complete some of those bodies of work that have been so important. Um, uh, as we've just discussed, the Rural Lands Review um, has been a, um, a very comprehensive body of work. It's required extensive community engagement, um, it's required extensive, extensive uh, cooperation between council officers and the consultants. Um, every step of the way has had to be, um, or we preferred anyway, to make sure it was was vetted and uh, and and um, demonstrated to the uh, the, the uh, Greater Sydney Commission because ultimately that's what it was about. So you want to and but the exciting thing about some of that is for a change, you know we may actually be a, uh, a little um, innovative, um, a little bit visionary and may in fact be leaders in this space um, where we are, we are demonstrating um, a uh, collaborative outcome that could set the agenda for other peri-urban communities around Sydney, you know, so that would be, um, would be a nice um, uh, outcome. You know, I think it's uh, you know, sometimes we might just compare what we're doing with, say, the Hills or um, Keringai or a neighbouring shire. But it, uh, but uh, you know, in a lot of respects, like especially in respect to, um, you know, tourism, for example, I mean, the boundaries of the shire aren't particularly relevant. It's the uh, it's the similarities in the environment and the uh, and the uh, recreational assets that we we possess um, throughout the region that are important. Um, the so geographer in
0: a, me. Sorry to interrupt. The geographer yeah. in me really likes that answer. And you, and if I can make a comment about the the extent of consultation, I've been going to council meetings since probably December 2015. But it was the rural land study before you were a councillor, and you were probably there as a resident that had so many people that they were overflowing downstairs with cameras, and people were coming upstairs to have their say. I've never seen it in the, the following five years a council meeting with so many people. So there's a lot of people in the community that I felt were consulted, wanted to have their say, and that's a product of what you're saying. And that's probably a a really good way to sort of flag where the successes have been moving towards um, 2021.
1: Yeah, correct, Martin. I mean, the the big challenge, um, and there was no walking away from it, you know, if I can... um, uh, at the end of, by the end of this term, if we can deliver a um, a, a resolution um, to the you know the broad and, and detailed um, uh, planning um, improvements that you need for the uh, for the rural um, rural area, you're putting in place contemporary changes that will set us up um, for at least you know twenty years or so. Um, before things would be um, uh, in review, dovetailing into that is also the fact that uh, uh, there's been a number of village master plans that have that have sat cold on the on the shelf, and one was Galston, and, and one was uh, was Dural, and uh, and obviously Brooklyn was also um, subject to a lot of master planning as well. Well, you know, these things are now becoming um, a reality. Um, the uh, the endorsed uh, um, planning proposal for for uh, Goulston Village's public domain proposal went through last December, um, which means that uh, you know any any changes um, being being proffered by other utilities, the RMS or, or Transport New South Wales now, um, or Ausgrid or whatever, can be can be uh, not or or less of an ad hoc nature and more so in the context of a village plan um, as we work towards our own component of that plan, you know, which uh, over the coming years would uh, would cover everything from parking and transport to, uh, to, you know, curbs, drainage, street furniture, way signage. Um, I mean, one of the things I was particularly um, proud of was uh, there, there was very, very poor, if not in any communication between the private stakeholders um, between each other within some of the uh, the uh, rural villages, um, let alone any engagement with the the, the public land um, or what council was responsible for. Um, throughout uh, my term, I've seen all of these people come together. You know, there's been. Uh, Meetings of uh, of all the um, private property owners and all all looking to get on the same page and because to get a cohesive plan you need everybody on board Mm. Um, and they've been resolving minor issues amongst themselves in the meantime Um, you know how we how we uh, integrate public and private properties is is integral to the community's best interests you know they're not interested in who owns what they just want a an amenity that's safe um, that's user friendly and delivers the um you know the, pr- the, the primary facilities that they're looking for um so that's been you know particularly satisfactory but um we do we do we have to stick with it you know as we um, move through the next 12 months
0: all right there's so much information there to process i need a breather people are texting me in the middle of our conversation sorry about that uh i have a little segment here called rapid fire questions okay i don't know if you heard about it you happy for me to run them by you
1: sure let's give it a go all
0: right nothing too hard so i'm going to give you a couple of terms and then you've just got to reply in terms of what they mean to you in hornsby or a little anecdote but they're pretty rapid fire if that's okay bush the bushlands and waterways of the shire
1: tree planting and the lower hawkesbury estuary management
0: well done Um, Ward A.
1: Ward A. Challenging.
0: Agriculture in the Shire.
1: Close to my heart requires contemporary change.
0: Traffic in the rural areas and parking in the railway corridor of Ward A.
1: First part, gateway issues, New Line Road. Second part, we should encourage the use um, of our uh, public transport nodes, which from a rural perspective requires, um, because we don't have the connecting public transport, we need access to uh, convenient parking at those transport nodes.
0: Low, medium and high density housing.
1: Placed appropriately.
0: Parks and recreation.
1: Outside circuit exercise equipment.
0: <laughs> Whereabouts?
1: Next one, Galston Reserve. Galston
0: <laughs> <Recreation>. <laughs> Culture and arts.
1: I'll do it in reverse. Arts need a new home. We have an excellent uh, uh, arts community. And as much as I love Wallarobba, I know that it falls short of delivering on the full expectations of both the um, you know, the patrons and the artists. So, uh, working towards a new civic facility, um, culture culture for me uh, is about the council's culture, developing a culture of of assistance from the from the ground up, so that the community in which we represent um, feel like we're there to help and not to hinder.
0: The First Nation or the Indigenous population in Hornsby?
1: Proud to be part of the Hatchick Committee where I can have ongoing um, communication with issues that pertain to the Indigenous community within our shire.
0: And the future for Hornsby Shire?
1: The future for Hornsby Shire, I hope will project a balance between our uh, our natural land uh natural land assets and built form assets that can um uh, satisfy the, the broader community
0: are there any comments or statements you'd like to make just to wrap up with
1: only briefly that uh i i find it a particular um privilege to be a councillor i think it's uh um uh, a real honour, and I I enjoy um, every aspect of it, and the the engagement that uh, uh, that occurs between um, myself and the community, and uh, and the learning that uh, takes place um, in seeing how uh, our administration runs and operates, and and how we can deliver the best outcomes.
0: And just finally, is what's the best way if people want to contact you?
1: Uh, whatever they're comfortable with, uh, you know, there's an email address, there's a phone number on the website um, Yeah, whatever uh, uh, medium is, is,
0: uh, is Do you have a social media presence?
1: Uh, yeah, Facebook. Yeah, it's just Warren Woodell, Lancashire Council
0: Alright then, well Warren, thank you so much for your time. It's a bit of a late one, but we've managed to get <laughs> through this, so thank you very much we'll we'll finish the interview now but just stay online okay
1: thank you